Hey, great to have you back for more Digital Spaces Present. To close our second series, we're heading to Tile Hill Library's next door neighbour to meet Dwayne Harwood, the warden at St Oswald's Church. Dwayne, who are you? What on earth are you doing here? What's your story? I'm the church warden here. Ah. And a couple of other things, but... Yeah, ch- church warden's the one that I put on uh, the end of letters and things. <laughs> so we're here to kind of connect with some of the projects that come out of the library. I mean, what's your interaction with the library these days? Um, personally, it's fairly minimal, uh, other than we will, if we've got stuff going on, we'll always pop around there and ask if they'll uh, help us promote it, put posters up and such like. Um, it would be nice to build up something. We do have the, um, I can't remember his name, Jasper, the, the manager around there. Uh, I mean, he, he does join in. He came and did uh, one of the readings at our carol service for us. So, yeah, we, we, we're trying to rebuild the whole community aspect of, of Tile Hill, which, I don't know, it seems to have sort of faded off a little bit over, over recent years. It, it would be nice to have... Um, uh, a community feel like people talk about from the old days. I mean, how big a part do you think the library has in a community? Um, nowadays, I think a lot. More so than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you go there, you get books, you go home and you'd read them. Um, and then you go back about three days later and get some more books. I, re- I read a lot when I was a kid. Um, but it's become a much bigger thing now. More things happen. You don't get silence in the library anymore. Um, there's stuff going on, reading groups for kids uh, and lots of activities. And um, it's, it's a, along with, we hope, the church, it's kind of one of those central hubs where, where people will, will gravitate towards. Um, plus which, I mean, it's, it's one, of the few pla- one of the few public places that you can go these days where you're not expected to spend money. Which is, which is great. You know, people who, I don't know, maybe are sitting at home struggling to heat their houses, they can go and sit in the library and it's, and it's warm for an hour. Um, which is a sad thing to have to say, but yeah, it's, it's one of those services that almost accidentally it's, it's now offering. So I, I, I have every admiration for librarians. They are wonderful people. We're just, oh, sorry. Well, can we show them their big, the church? The big I'm thing. always the big happy to show people the church. <laughs> Inside, people. We look rubbish on the outside. But inside, it's a big concrete box, mid 1950s, brutalist architecture. Inside, it's beautiful. Come and show me them. Come and show me this place that you're passionate about. And I suppose a lot of people might go past the library and never really notice this church, or they might come to the church and not always go to the library. It's amazing how you're next door to each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Of course, the other thing we get is that people will walk past us and not realise we're a church. Yeah. Because because we're mid fifties brutalist style, it's it doesn't have all of those things on the outside that to, to your average person says church. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, we were designed by Basil Spence, same guy that did the cathedral. He did three churches uh, at the same time. Uh, I, I describe it as, a, as like a, a Tesco church, so three for the price of one. <laughs> but they allocated a certain amount of money to build a new church in Coventry, and, and he said, "Well, if we do it this way, we could do three for that price." <laughs> okay. Um, but th- there are things in here w- which are, are almost like practices for the cathedral. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like the, the big applique up at the end there of uh, St Oswald and St Aidan. Uh, 
I have this image in my head of him sort of coming, okay, let's get this Holton bloke. It was a guy called Gerald Holton who did it. If you look him up on Wikipedia, it will tell you he's the guy who designed the um, band the bomb, the peace symbol for the CND back in the 50s. That's the only thing it will tell you about him, but he did loads of stuff. Uh-huh. One of them was this, this applique. Yeah, it's like a, a big cloth with a picture on. I, don't, I wouldn't know what an oblique is. I'd uh, have to uh, Google that myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, they, they have just applied bits of fabric to each other. Yeah. They've got like one big patchwork piece and then he's sewed other bits of fabric on the top to, to make those pictures. So I'm imagining, so this church was here way before that library and community centre was there, right? Um, I don't know the exact date. I don't think there was that much difference, okay. to be honest. There was probably a, a few years because it was over a period of several years that this estate was going up. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, as I recall, it is not the original library building. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there was a library here. Um, I remember using it as well, actually, when I first lived in Tile Hill. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of work. Time blurs. I don't remember how long ago. Well, that's something I'll find out from the <laughs> librarians then. Yeah, uh, and it was rebuilt to, uh, to look like it does now. So what, what is Jardine Crescent and this area of Tile Hill like? Who are the people that walk the streets and live in this area? There's such a variety. Mm. Um, I mean, years ago it was during the, the, the sort of post-war reconstructions of Coventry. Um, and a lot of them, I think, were, were people who were moving here because they were moving to Coventry for the industries. Mm. Um their houses had been bombed in the war and they needed places to live, That this is where it was going up. Uh, it's become more diverse over the years. There are more ethnic minorities in the, in the area than there were when I first moved into Tile. I first moved into Tile Hill in the mid-80s. Um, the community spirit, community spirit, it's one of those odd phrases. Um, but the whole idea of it being a, a single community seems to have faded off a little bit even since I first got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a feeling that that's pretty much the same wherever you go. Yeah. You don't necessarily know your neighbours. Mm. Um, you spend all your time inside on Netflix or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there isn't that automatic interaction. Mm-hmm. The, the, there are sort of clumps of it. We like to think that the church is one of those little little clumps of um, mm. of interaction. Um, I, I guess the library can be as well. But of course, in the old days, we, you'd also got the, the social club just across the road here. Yeah, big uh, part of Coventry's history, particularly in this area of Coventry. You know, Massey Ferguson was a huge employer for this area. It really now was. it's a housing estate. Yes. Long gone as Massey gone Ferguson. I, I remember a Sunday morning um, not that many years ago when the... Uh, the vicar's sermon was interrupted by this big boom as they brought down the tower Yeah, over there. And that really signified a big change in this area, the people coming here, the, 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 you know, what its future is going to be, I guess. Well, yeah, the, there used to be a lot of people living in Tile Hill who, who worked at Masses. Mm. And it, it was kind of the final thing yeah. because we used to have the, um, the rover plant down by... Well, which is where Sainsbury's is, that had already gone. Yeah. All the, and Masses was the last, last one left. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was kind of the end of an era. I went on a school trip to the tower, to the top floor of the tower. We had oh, to go wow. up a big lift and you could see over all of the city. I remember being absolutely mesmerised by it. And now 
it's not there. I mean, you know, we kind of say about bringing a sense of community and that it's important, it's needed, you know. We hear from people who come through the library's doors that they want to feel connected. Mm -hmm. What do you think you know the future of the library is because you say it's not always a place that you go to read books anymore but even like digital like online what, what do you think about that and the, what the library can do there I, I, I think it's great that it's offering opportunities to, to people to get um, access to, to the internet and things like that a lot of people just don't have the easy access that their access is restricted to their phone and quite and that's if they've got one if they've got one but I remember during um, particularly during lockdown, I'm sure it, it, it happens other times as well, uh, you'd see people congregating outside the library mm. on their phones to use be, the Wi-Fi. because the Wi-Fi was still switched on and that was the only way they could get internet access. Mm. Mm. Uh, and you know, even for, for something like looking for a job, yeah. you cannot look for a job these days without internet access. Mm. You just can't do it. Mm. Uh, and you know, with a phone... Um, and if you ever tried to write a CV or to, to fill in a, a four-page application form online on a three-and-a-half-inch screen, mm. it's virtually impossible. So you can go in there, you've got your, your computer screens there, you can get online, you can do the things that you know, the DWP require you to do. Mm. Um, and that really is a lifeline. It really is a lifeline, yeah. Mm. yeah. It, you, it is very, very difficult these days to uh, survive separated from... The network, yeah. if you like, yeah. sounding a bit science fictiony there, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, um, there are so many organisations that assume automatically that you have an email address, that you have access. Oh, I, I need to do this, and you phone them up and ask them about it, and say, "All oh, right, now you need to go online and go to this website and do that." And, and if you don't know your way around the internet, yeah. you're lost. Yeah, uh, and and. The fact that there's somewhere that you can go where not only can you get that access, but somebody will help you. Yeah. And somebody will say, okay, you need to do this. So, I mean, you know, we get people come in here to our sort of job club and um, food bank and things like that. And you say, okay, if you go online, you can find this information. And you say, I don't know my way around a computer. I don't even know where the on switch is. Yeah. Uh, so somebody who can help get access to, to these things, everything's gone digital. And, uh, and, and if you haven't gone digital with it, mm. then you're going to struggle. Yeah. Dwayne, it's really great to speak to you. I suppose I better catch up with the rest of the group. <laughs> but thank you so you're much. You're daffodils today. <laughs> I, 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 unfortunately, I do not have enough hands to draw daffodils, but I'm going to go capture the others. A kingdom for an intelligent octopus. <laughs> thank you for showing me one of Basil Spencer's magical pieces. Uh, if you ever want to see more of it, you'll be perfectly welcome to come back. I'll Thanks give, so give much. Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you.